This is episode 93 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. I'm Joel Pilger. That's the bit that's been really interesting to me is can we, you know, can we not sacrifice our kind of creative morals um, for, this, for the sake of commerce? Can, can, can both those two things exist? Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. You must grow and evolve constantly, which isn't always fun, but it is satisfying. This quote is from my guest today, David Sheldon Hicks, founder at Territory Studio. Now, David is also executive creative director and really uh, talented man extraordinaire in his role of running Territory Studio. And my conversation with David is really, it's been one of my favorites so far. You know, David was kind enough when I reached out to him. Uh, we've worked together some on the pa- in the past. And he said, I would be honored to be on the podcast. I'm such a big fan. I'm honored that you would invite me. And of course, I was equally honored and humbled by that statement. I thought, wow, all right, David's a fan of the podcast. So we sat down to have a conversation about what it means for him to run his business, not only his story, but more importantly, how does he run his business and where is territory going and what does he think about the future and what has he learned along his journey? You know, I know this, that I believe any creative person has the power to start a business and that it's possible to run a thriving creative business, to produce great work, to make an impact in the industry and ultimately live life on your own terms. That's almost my manifesto that I carry with me. And I know this because I did it, but also people like David are doing it today. And this is why I love what I do for a living because I get to work and collaborate and share the stories of people like David. Now, if you don't know Territory Studio or David, here's what you need to know. That Territory is known for creating motion graphics, screen graphics, visualizations, user interfaces, and visual effects for feature films. Some of their credits include Blade Runner 2049, Ghost in the Shell, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ex Machina, Guardians of the Galaxy, Zero Dark Thirty Prometheus, and so on. Not just feature films, they also take a multidisciplinary approach to film and games, but also doing campaigns for clients. Names like Formula One, Virgin, Atlantic, Jaguar, Land Rover, HSBC. So without a doubt, David is a leader in the industry. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It perhaps is at times a bit introspective, perhaps a bit reflective maybe even existential or spiritual. And for that reason, I especially loved this chat between David and myself. So I hope you enjoy it. Well, I guess, I guess we've, we've become known, well, we should be known for motion graphics. You know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna make it very, very simple, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> trying to explain to my mum what the hell we do, um, we're, we're a creative production company, you know, that, and, and, and even that gets a confused look, but, for for people that we're working with within the industry, I guess we've become our, our fame. The thing that we put our hat on is the fictional user interfaces for films. You know that's that's our calling card. But it's become so broader than that because we've we've joined up the dots on 
parallel industries that kind of draw upon the needs for that future gazing expertise. Um, and we did some work recently with, with yourselves and, and Tim and, and looking at that as a notion of world building. So that world building could be applied to, it could be applied to a brand that's considering what a future digital experience might look like. Um, it might be working with a games developer. Um, it could be working with a film director considering how do we use technology to tell a part of our story or, you know, could it, could it be a title sequence? Um, and using that as a, as a narrative device, but kind of building on that 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 world building expertise. So that's that's what we're what we're ha hanging our hat on at the moment, and it feels really comfortable um, because we are. I would say we we are a specialist. Well, I, I I keep I keep I keep bouncing between specialist and 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 generalist. I think we have a series of specialisms. And I, and I think that's our kind of our unique thing is we have a series of focuses that we feel really comfortable in. We're not generalists. We're not we're not just purely motion design or design or, you know, creative output. I think we have a series of things that we do really, really well and we can deep dive on um, and we feel really confident. at. And one, and one of those is certainly the fictional user interfaces for films, which, um, you know, since probably since the first year we we started up, we've been doing. Um, and we've been fortunate to ride that wave, really, of the growth in Netflix and film production and Marvel and everything else that we've, you know, enjoyed, really. Well, I, I was going <clears> to <throat> ask you to maybe even in, go a bit deeper on that, too, because I think you've described that expertise in terms of some interesting disciplines. And I like how you said specialism. <laughs> I think that's an interesting uh, way to put it. I'm curious if I was going to dig below the surface, though, and say, what is it that you really do? Like, what is, what is it that the work is trying to accomplish out there in the world? Almost, maybe, is there a horizontal rather than a vertical that you're serving? Uh, meaning, give, giving people a sense of the future or making people feel a certain way or providing some sort of experience for your clients. What's the, what's the deeper thing that you really do? I, I think we get people excited about the possible. So, so you know, if 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 for instance we're yeah with with any of our clients, they're all they're always imagining what if, and they come to us to help articulate what that what if looks like. You know, if we were to go down this road, you know, if or or how does this you know how does this look? How does this play out? So it's kind of simulating futures, it's simulating possibilities, and even with. Even with our our film marketing work, where we're designing posters for you know feature films and things, it's 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 kind of transposing that imagination and going down a going down a line and and imagining what if, um, and I think I've done that. You know, I think I think that's there because I've done it since I was a kid. You know, my I I definitely had a left brain right brain um, balance. There was there was a logical part to me and there was a creative side to me and the creative side was kind of daydreaming looking out the window as I'm very tempted to do now, um, but there was always this kind of logical rigor that was kind of holding me back in, um, and it's probably the kind of the more businessy side of what I do now in my role, um, but I, but I think territory is like that I think territory is you know it's kind of it's got this wonderful logic to it all but then there's this kind of excitement and buzz and emotional side to it that brings all of that alive. Um, and that seems to be true of all the work. You know, we'll take something quite technical and what should be quite dry, 
um, and bring some real excitement to it and some real um, kind of emotional sense to it. I, you know, I've, it, just looking at some of the projects that we've done and they should be really quite dull on the surface of it, but somehow the talent's kind of brought it alive and, and um, made it more exciting than it should be. Um, so I, I, I like to think that that's, that's the kind of the thread that crosses through everything that we do. Well, and that phrase you said there, I love the creating the what if, but your term, the, and, and it's like worth a bookmark, perhaps, simulating possibilities, right? That's actually a really interesting invitation if I'm standing on the outside to say, oh, is this a tribe, a community of people who believe there's something possible out there and we're going to go discover it or create it together? Uh, I find that really engaging is that is that is that where where when you start working with somebody is that often where it starts that they look at you as that uh sherpa who's going to take them by the hand and say let's go ask what if together yeah completely completely because when we i mean when we start working with a games director or a film director or a marketing director um i often thought that they'd be quite prescriptive but, but actually, uh, they're often very hands off. They're they're often very you know when you dig under the surface of it, they're they're just excited to be working with a creative company. You know, they're buying into the culture, they're buying into the excitement that already surrounds you as a studio, and um, they want to be taken on a journey. And that whole process of imagining what if is so exciting. You know, it's it's. Um, and and it goes, it just goes back to that childhood thing, you know. And, and now I'm a dad, and I watch my kids do it. I kind of lose myself in their in their imagination <laughs> as well. That it, it it it's it's one of the best things about being creative. You know, we don't we don't need to feel um, as constrained as some of the some of the limits that we put on ourselves in this in this world. Um, well, that 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 almost makes me want to ask you, thinking back to when you started. I'm guessing that wasn't as true, right? You probably had clients and you were taking orders and you were, I don't know, maybe you started freelance and then you said, oh, I'm gonna, gonna hang a shingle and call it Territory Studio. But I'm curious, what was, the, what was the initial dream? Was it something like that? Like, God, it would be great to be able to build worlds for people, with people. Uh, what, was, what was the initial, I'm gonna go hang, hang my sign out front and have this dream called Territory Studio. Oh, well, I wish it, I wish it was that strategic. I think, I think Nick and I met as friends. Um, I'd, I'd worked full-time in different motion design studios and creative, creative houses. Um, we both worked at various different places, discovered lots of things that we liked, discovered other things that we didn't. Um, and then I went to freelance and worked, and worked at some, on some really interesting projects, worked on some feature films, worked at a computer game studio. Um, and it was just that kind of moment of <laughs> I don't know if I should say this out loud, but you know what do what do motion designers do when before retirement? Like where does where does that all go? Uh, and I thought I need to I need to start fast tracking this because I'm going to have a family coming along soon, and I, I you know I I need some personal growth. I'd kind of got to a limit as a freelancer, um, and I just thought this is now's the time. Now's the time. So I think it was personal circumstances. I think that you know. It was this idea that um, I, I, I want I want to evolve as a person. I want to move it forward. Um, I feel like I've explored the kind of the hands-on bit, and now it's time to uh, help others do it. 
um, in an environment that I would be really proud of. So I think it, I think it's about creating a space, creating an environment where um, uh, I can support the community that I've come from. I think I think I think that's I think that's what it grew out of. Yeah, it's so interesting. One, I'm hearing uh, necessity indeed is the mother of invention on the one hand, but on the other hand, something that I find is a common thread in creative entrepreneurs such as yourself, I know it was in true in me, and that is there's, the, there's often this quality called I imagined something larger than myself and I got excited about building a stage perhaps upon which others would perform, including myself. But it's, it's, not, it's really never this uh, solo director, it's all about me, I wanted to go make my thing, and I just wanted to drag a bunch of other people along with me. Uh, so there's something much more, I think, like you, you, in your mind, you had a community, something that was, I want to build a team, I want to build a family, I think there's something larger than myself here that's possible. Uh, completely, completely. I mean, it's that, it might sound like false modesty. I hope it doesn't. But um, uh, I, I was an okay motion designer, but I knew so many great ones. And it, it, it killed me to see all of these great projects not not falling at their door. And I just thought, I, I need to I need to grab all these great projects and marry them up with great talent. You know, it was as a, a simpler an idea as that. It's like, this is this is a crying shame if, and especially some of the areas that we find ourselves in now. At the time, at the time, I mean, doing screen graphics for films, um, you know, the, I, I freelanced in that space and there was kind of myself and Mark Colloran and a few others. But, you know, there, there wasn't really anyone creating a company, creating a studio around that. It's, it's only been really more recently when after we'd started up that, People thought, oh, this this great motion studios that specialise in that space, and yeah, it just felt like felt like there's these wonderful opportunities out there, and they weren't necessarily connecting up with the right talent. Um, mm. So it, it, some some of it came from there. Some of it definitely came from there. And I and I still have that mentality of just keep on hiring people better than you. Um, and there's so many of them. <laughs> Sad to say, there's so many people better than me. <laughs> well, you're getting to this question I always love to ask, which is. Um... Is there something deeper within you that fuels this desire to create? And and what I'm hearing in you is there's almost this righteous uh, indignation of these opportunities, somebody has to do something great. And if I don't stand up and do something about it, someone's going to execute these projects or these work with these clients, whatever, and and not to make, make the most of this opportunity to do something brilliant and bring in the right talent and so forth is is that what it is like this internal thing inside of you that says somebody's got to do this right yeah i guess so i guess so i mean now we've got some really good competition and when we lose out to that good competition i just think oh actually good good it's gone to it's gone to somebody that's going to do a really good job i know that sounds totally counterintuitive but you know if we lose a bit of work and i'm going to name drop some of my competitors now but if we lost a bit of work to say cantina or perception or you know one of the others i just think yeah i know they're going to do a great job i know that um they were probably more suited to that one than we were you know because i think we all have we all have our own approaches um but uh yeah i think i think Bringing, bring, there, there was a moment when just you know that that connection wasn't happening, um, and and 
I also feel this is again this is probably this like little niggle that I had as a kid because um, I think some of my family didn't believe that you could kind of make a living out of creativity. So there's this there's this healthy chip on my shoulder that's been kind of sitting there for some time that said no you can make you can you can value creativity you can make it work as a business um, and I'm going to show you I, I'm going to figure that out I'm going to figure that out and that that's the bit that's been really interesting to me is can we you know, can we not sacrifice our kind of creative morals um, for this for the sake of commerce? Can 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 both those two things exist? Um, and can we defend defend the creators or at least help the creative community understand how to behave professionally? And I I came super close because of the kind of the left brain right brain thing that balance to being given what any person with that skill set apparently was given in my generation was you go and be an architect, you know, and I, I was, yes. I was, I was, I was so close to being an architect and big fan of kind of Daniel Lieberskin and, um, you know, all, all those kind of deconstructivist architects at the time. And I came very, very close. Um, but what I love about that profession is that they know how to hold their own. They know how to hold their own with clients. They know how to hold their own, with professional industry and there's a maturity there um and it's the same maturity that actually i'm learning from the film industry um some just kind of established process and not tradition but just structure in around you that protects the creative professions and 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 means that you kind of uphold both creative standards but also business standards and so you don't kind of get bullied around by um you know not not necessarily clients but just 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 a lack of awareness um, to kind of make sure that you're you're doing the best that you can do for everyone. Um, so I don't kind of I don't like to. The more and more that I that I do all of this, the real, the, I kind of understand that the business side um, is so important if you're going to get the if you're going to be successful creatively. Um, and I know you guys, you know, you chat about this a lot, and it's it's so so true. Um, if we don't get our marketing, our PR, our business ops. Um, correct. If I don't turn up for my sales meeting after this call, um, it's it 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 just means that the creators are on this uphill struggle, um, and we don't get it right. You know, I'm sure my team will listen back to this and go, well, "Yeah, but hang on, we're you know we're still trying to figure this out and that out." But it's 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 um it's that constant improvement on all those other sides of the business, and not assuming that it's just about the product. I was very very lucky, probably about I think it was about five or six years ago now. Marty um, was an art director for us. He then went and helped us set up the San Francisco office and he was, you know, promoted up to creative director and he's a wonderful creative director. And then we took on Andrew in London um, and Jerry in London as our as, as our creative directors there. And I just had this sense of confidence. Like, I know these guys have got it. I know that they will do a wonderful job on the creative and I can stop worrying about that now. And now my role is really how do we make a business that allows the creatives to come forward and just do that great work? So it's like, how do we create everything else around them to allow them to do exactly what I know that they can do? Um, and that that's the bit that excites me now. And I always thought, uh, you know, going back to your original question, I was going to be a freelance motion designer, then, then set up a company. I'd be automatically promote myself to creative director and I wouldn't have to worry about anything else. Um, and you really, you know, very, very quickly dawns on you that that is a pipe dream. 
uh, and that uh, that that you've you've really got to worry about everything else before you even get a sniff of creativity. And I sometimes dream of the day that I will retire and uh, you know pick up After Effects again and uh, actually learn what Redshift is because when I left Cinema 4D, it was V-Ray. So um, <laughs> everyone's tutting at me at this point on the podcast. Um, I'm just chuckling at this uh, this this journey when everyone goes through. You fancy yourself a creative director, and you realize, sure, I can pick any title I like. It doesn't necessarily make me that that person. But I love how you're exploring this tension. I I almost hear uh, right, like I I define owners of studios and production companies as creative entrepreneurs, but you're really discussing the tension between those two words in that phrase, right? Because there's creative, obviously. That's what the world sees. Everyone looks at territory and says, oh, all they do all, all day long is make a bunch of beautiful things. How fabulous. And then there's the entrepreneur piece, which is like, like below the surface of the iceberg. There's so much there. And to your point, without the business ops and the marketing, the sales, the producer, production management, all these things, right? That creative is compromised. Uh, so it's really this interesting I think beautiful tension that you're describing and I'm guessing that's that's in large part how your role has evolved over the years. I'm guessing at the start it was very much creative and now it's very much entrepreneur. Yeah, completely. I mean, so that, so an easy example to kind of paint a picture around that. So um, you know, I'm completely into the kind of win without pitching manifesto. I think that's, you know, that's completely my my sense and the reason for that is I just don't believe in free creativity I think you know people should should pay for that development and I think if you pay for it you um you value the concept stage which is so so important um so how how as a company can you can you support that and so we we often win we often win projects through um through being known through being famous so that's that's PR and marketing um, our business structure, you know, just that we are able to deliver projects at scale in that specialism. You know, they, 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 they're aware of all the other competitors, but we, we are fortunate that we have um, a proprietary pipeline that is specifically built around integrating motion graphics and visual effects. There's, there's no one else out there with that, with that tool set. We, we own that. That's just ours. Um, we've we've got pre-established relationships with all the kind of the main visual effects vendors that do you know what just want this headache taken away of this very subjective um, part of what we do. Um, so there's there's all the other parts of the business finance you know finance being able to deal with um, U.S. billing or European billing or billing <laughs> billing to China but via a Hong Kong setup you know it's it's all those other things. Um, I had a discussion with our head of finances the other day, and she, you know she was crediting me with with all of these sales. Like you're you're joking. This is not me. I picked up the email. It's all you guys that have kind of made that possible. You know, finance getting the pricing structure right will mean that we win a lot of work. You know, and 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 pricing getting the pricing right so that the creative team don't feel under pressure. Um, that's that's a massive part of it. That's a massive part of it. Can we still? compete in in you know in the current market with with um with everything that's going on with brexit you know first yeah. firstly and then and then with covid all those pressures that are coming through can we still operate can can the creatives still feel supported can production you know can production bid in a way and manage in a way that 
that allows them to do the their best possible work. So, um, so yeah, getting all of those other bits right is so intrinsic to the great render that you see pop out, you know, and the quick time delivered at the end of all of it. It's um, it's not detached. It's definitely not detached. And the more I learn about all the other bits, and that and that's the fun bit for me. I think the the fun bit is me learning all these new things. You know, my my head of finance kind of talking me through what the hell a balance sheet is, and I and I still. I'm still trying to understand some of that. You know, if we 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 still talk about can we move from being a, a PL based um structured business to a balance sheet structured business and and I think I'm probably 2 3 years away from that understanding what that that conversation even means even though it sounds wonderful. Um so so yeah there's 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 so much to it and I think that's what creates the enjoyment. Like I was as a motion designer, I was kind of I was getting to the kind of the cap of my growth, and then as a creative director, I went through that. Um, and I think now, as a business owner, there's um, it's just constantly evolving, you know. And actually, COVID has has just meant that um, that evolution, that kind of requirement to adapt, it's just been sped up, you know. But if you're if you are a creative entrepreneur, you you must have been used to that by now, surely. Like to get to get to this point. Well, I'm I'm hearing people listening that are perhaps business owners, maybe the younger ones, hear everything you just described and part of them groans. Like, what are you talking about? Pricing models and figuring out currency conversions between Hong Kong, you know, like this is, some people are groaning and saying that sounds horrible and terribly boring because I just wanna make cool, cool shit all day. And there's others though that are absolutely intrigued because they have that sense of, like you said earlier, figuring that out. I'm gonna make that work as a business. I'm going to figure that out. That something really cool becomes possible if you can crack that riddle. And the riddle is always changing, right? It's like this lifelong school. Um, there was an episode I did with uh, David Schwartz at Hush, and we talked about, he talked about, he called it the most interesting project in his career has been running a business. I'm curious if that resonates with you. Yeah, interesting is a good choice of word. <laughs> I mean, I have my real, I, I mean, almost on a weekly basis at the moment with the pressures of COVID, I have real highs and lows, you know. Um, but it, no, it's definitely interesting. I think, I think that's why I'm still in it. I think um, if I knew, you know, for all of those younger business owners, if I knew the amount of work that was required in the first two to three years, my word, I might have reconsidered my options. Um, but I look back on it now and it was completely worth it. You know, I, I, I think we've, um, we, we went through a couple of pain thresholds and I'm sure you probably talk about this with a lot of people, but there's, there's natural pain thresholds around 20 people, 50 people, a hundred people. And then when you map out globally as well, there's kind of other, other ones that kind of get, get stuck in there as well. And, um, you know, we're probably we're looking at the, the the pain threshold above that now, and and it's fascinating. Um, uh, I yes, it is definitely interesting. I think you need there's an emotional robustness that you need, um, and it, and you know it's fine. It's not for me to tell people what they want to do with their businesses, but I would say that I could have remained a creative director up until about twenty people. I think that that's where, and then I had this kind of realization. I don't think I've ever said this publicly and been recorded, but we had a moment 
and my, some of my close team will remember this, where um, we were working on Star Wars The Force Awakens. We'd won it with one of the few creative pitches we did for screen graphics. It's like, sort of, it's Star Wars, we're going to pitch it. We won it, and we also won... Um, uh, we didn't win. We kind of moved from Guardians of the Galaxy onto Avengers, and so we were working on these two big projects. And Kathy Kennedy, who headed up Lucasfilm at the time, uh, her and her producer Tommy came to me and said, "Look, we think this is beyond your capacity." And and I was a bit, I was a bit kind of, I didn't appreciate that. Let's say <laughs> you were a bit arrogant, perhaps. Well, uh, but I just said, you know, what do you mean? ILM across both. Um, and you know they've they've got a lot more to do than we have, but I, I think it was what they were saying was you know you're the bottleneck here, you're you know you you can you can creatively direct one of these big projects, but we can't see you across both. And they were being shot in completely different ends of London in in film studios there. So I realised that you know you you can very easily as a business owner you can become the bottleneck for your business. You can be the reason that you don't work on these great creative projects. And um, you need to get out of your own way. You need to, if if you truly want to um, work on the next big commercial or take on three big commercials, and they're all wonderful, you know, they're all for. That what what tends to happen is if you dream big, that those things happen. You know, they turn up on your doorstep when you're least expecting it, and they normally all turn up at once. And then it's a case of, well, do I decide? Do I turn away these dream projects? It's like, are you kidding me? I've got to choose between Star Wars and Avengers. But um, we, I can't believe I said this out loud. So, so, um, so that moment of realization, it was a tough, it was a tough learning experience for me. Uh, I was in tears. I was literally in floods of tears. Uh, but um, I think it's freed up the business. And I think me, me accepting that I can't do everything. I can't do everything. I need to rely on people that are better than me in their own respective areas and and um but you but you do need to be across it all because if you just let if if you don't have a little bit of an appreciation of what production's going through then there won't be an empathy on the creative side and if and if finance don't understand what creative's trying to achieve there won't be empathy there and um you know i think that emotional bit that kind of really trying to all help each other get 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 your end goals you know we all need to make money because we all need to survive and we all need we all want pay rises right so let's let's all just stay on that track but equally i want my life to mean something and if my life's going to mean something i want this creative work to have value and 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 to be seen by my peers and by everyone else and and hopefully stand the test of time you know um we're, we're very fortunate that we're we're receiving some briefs and projects that could you know could could stand in in the public consciousness for 20 30 years or with films maybe longer we if it ever comes out, we worked on the the new James Bond film, and and you know what what a great thing to be able to say to your friends that you know you were a small part of that and got to work with Carrie, the film director, and you know have conversations with him around what he thinks motion graphics contributes to film and storytelling, and um, that's that, but that that only happens with all the other bits, and you, and your interest in all of those other bits kind of coming together and and. Um, everyone moving in the same direction. It's very much like a film production, you know. A director's there to help everyone push in the same direction, and um, and I, and I realised that really, really early on. You know, like a film director doesn't have enough time to tell everyone how to do their job. Um, 
he he just he he or she just has enough time. Catherine Bigelow was fantastic at this. She would be a great orator of 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 her vision, and once everyone knew her vision, we were all going in that same direction, and we weren't wasting energy and time on the things that were wrong. We were all kind of going going towards that, and 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 running a company is just like that. Running a company is just like a film production. Well, it, it, I'm. I was thinking about this this idea that. As business owners, we we like to get together and grouse occasionally. We talk about the 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 dark side, the ugly underbelly. I'm so stressed out. I'm so misunderstood. Right? I have it so hard. Woe is me. But really, I th- I think you painted a, a more perhaps uh, balanced picture of it because what I heard you saying was the challenge of being the creative entrepreneur is there's this willingness to always show up and grow and evolve constantly but that's not always fun it's painful but it is perhaps satisfying yeah yeah i'm i'm very aware that my wife's within earshot so i need to say something now um <laughs> so fire away well so i mean a lot of my emotional intelligence comes from her um and i think you know she 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 spends a fair amount of time kind of playing counselor and listening and then give me a bit of an emotional slap and then kind of pull yourself together, man. Um, and isn't it just like this? I was like, oh, damn it. No. Um, she um, She's wonderful. She she just calls it how it is and she'll tell everyone else as well at the same time. Um, maybe that's why I'm, I'm confessing about Star Wars and Avengers at this moment. Um, so so that, that cannot be understated. Like supportive family and... Um, just have my sausage dog trying to get into the room now. Um, I'm being attacked from all angles by the family. Uh, yeah, so 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 that is that's such an important part of it, and just holding it together. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of stress around um, around COVID, and I hope everyone out there is all right. I mean, you know, everyone's talking about how wonderful it is to be remote remote working. I do agree with them. Like the time that the more the time that I've been able to spend with my family has been phenomenal but there's there's something underlying there's a tension at the moment that I'm feeling which is I think it's to do with isolation and and just not a change of, and and home being work and work being home um there's something there that I don't think anyone's quite put their finger on yet or I haven't seen you know somebody write about it in a way that feels like it's true to me but there's something I think there's something that's putting us all under stress. Everyone, you know, creative team, production team, everyone, that um, it's just not quite right for the creative community. I don't think I don't think it sits well with all of us. We kind of, and I've seen some people try and convey it as it's it's to do with you know the economics of it all, and but I don't think it's about money. I think it's just about people working together. Like I think we I think we all. The reason the reason that I'm in this is because I like working around other creative people, and the 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 digital layer just strips. There's an element that it strips away. I think um, that I think we're. I'm 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 struggling with it. You know, that's 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 the bit that I'm. I I haven't figured out at the moment, and it surprised me. It's caught me by surprise. Well, we've never been here before, right? And I I'm with you. I feel it, and I, my clients are feeling it, others in the industry. And I think there's something interesting that our home lives 
have perhaps gotten better and richer. And the things that are most important, right, spouses and children and partners and things, we're able to spend really amazing amounts of time and be connected in a way that we haven't before. But it has come at a cost. And what I would, what I'm hearing from you is there's a community of peers, colleagues, and being in rooms with them. And I'll just say this, being able to uh, touch people, see them in the, look them in the eye and have that, that instant communication and all those nonverbal things that happen when you're working on a creative project or when you're balancing your books. <laughs> there is something lesser there and it, it, it does have a price. And uh, I, I was asking Jay uh, at Giant Ant this question and I think it's a good, good one to ask you. Is it possible that when we hopefully all come back together again and I want you to visualize you're walking back into the offices of Territory Studio. Everyone's there. A big project's just getting underway. Is there possibly a renaissance or a rebirth that perhaps our industry will experience when, when we all can indeed collaborate again in person? I think so. I hope so. I feel like it's, I feel like um, there's kind of a pressure building. And but I, I suspect that it's not going to be, you know, I don't think there's going to be a big global announcement to say, oh, we can all go back to work now. It's all it's all fine. I think it's going to be far softer and far gradual. Um, and I think that's the bit. It's kind of it's the not knowing bit. It's it's the closest I've got to you know when you've got a, a relative in hospital and and you just don't quite know what's happening yet. You don't know what the prognosis is, and you're trying to figure out how you react and how you respond to. Um, to what's going on with them, and I think it's a bit like that at the moment. Like we, with it's the unknowing. It's the it's the it's too many variables in place that you 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 really don't know how to operate confidently moving forward. And um, I think everyone's just in this state of flexibility. It's like okay, well let's just you know let's just see, let's just roll with the punches and see. There's no pressure, and well we are in a beautiful position that we don't need to be all in an office, you know, for the sake of people's health and keeping everyone protected, we can quite happily work remote for, uh, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. But um, I don't know if that's entirely healthy. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that forever myself personally, but would I force it on others? I don't think I would force it on others either. I think it's just finding out, you know, finding out. And, and if I think, expectations moving forward will be far more flexible. I think people will just be, you know, if you need to do two days here and three days there, or, you know, do three months of the year from, you know, your family home and do the other nine months, whatever, however that works. I think, I think there will be flexibility there. Um, I think I will worry about people as much. I will, I will worry about, I probably worry about staff being, too extreme in either direction if i'm completely honest i think you know extreme in which in which directions well um completely working remotely or completely working in the office i think i think the balance the balance to be had is actually um uh is probably the healthiest you know give 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 a give some time to yourself give give yourself some some space to find out what what works best for you and what works best for the company 
Um, and I think at the moment, we've either been going too far one way or the other. We've been completely melding ourselves to the company or we've been expecting the company to meld to ourselves. Um, and I, th I just think there's a real natural middle ground. Um, and it's just about treating everyone as adults and just having an open conversation about that and probably accepting that it evolves over time. Um, and again, you know, this goes to making sure that everyone um, is involved in the conversation. So, you know, HR is going to be critical to this um, and and get, get, getting their flexibility on that is, is, is a big thing for us. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up HR because uh, I think, as you said, we're all going at this in real time and studios are adapting on the fly, having to remain flexible, which is just another way of saying embracing high levels of uncertainty, <laughs> right? But you mentioned HR and I think, yeah, that's one of the, as this plays out over time, that's a very interesting variable. What does it look like to hire a new person that I've never met in person? And then what does it look like for that person to become perhaps integrated into my team and be a leader on my team? And these people have never met in person. Uh, that's, that's just a very unusual dynamic that some of those things that we don't see initially, we think, well, I've got my team. I just have to be strong with my team and move forward. And then you realize, oh, right, the team is actually dynamic. And over the long term, it will evolve and grow. But, but in light of COVID, how does that work now? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, but I think we build it up in our minds bigger than it. You know, we've, we've just gone through a few hires. We've, we've hired a few people. Um, one of them knew the business really well already and worked with us as a freelancer and, and it's just, you know, is part of the family already kind of thing. Um, the, the other is fairly new to, fairly new to everyone. And, um, I don't think, well, I guess we must have thought about it beforehand, but it's been really natural. It's not, it's not been as hard as we, we kind of built it up to in our heads. Um, I think it will be weird when we all go back and they start work, working with us, you know, and they've, they've been around the business for a period of time, but remotely. Um, yes. I think, I think that, that, that side of it is, is going to take a bit of an adjustment, but actually bringing people on board remotely um, was was fairly straightforward you know i can't think of any immediate one it's just the social aspect you know it's it's all the lovely stuff outside of because we're a creative you know studio there is there is a big cultural component and um part of that is social and um that's the bit that's missing but that's the bit that's missing for all of humanity right now you know so we're we're we're, we're adjusted to that we're going to have to accept it and um that's you know that's not just a problem for business and creative agencies that's just that's all of us right now we're all we're all there we're in that place so let me let me uh, go back to something you said earlier i'd love to unpack this a bit because you were talking about some of the work that territory is tackling right now and i think the phrase you used was something like working on some projects that might impact the future that might have a 20 or 30 year uh meaning or significance out there in the world. And I think one thing that is particularly interesting about territory, and one of the reasons I was so intrigued for you and I have this conversation, is there's perhaps a role for, I'll call it this creative work, whether it's motion design, visual effects, what have you, but there's a role for this discipline 
that goes way beyond making pretty pictures, making just another cool commercial TVC, what have you. And I feel like territory has its finger on that pulse in ways that many do not. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on that. Uh, you talked about architects and how they have, uh, what would the word be? Discipline, right? That goes back several thousand years. Uh, I, I was classically trained as an industrial, industrial designer. And I think that that's a really interesting discipline as well. And I'm wondering, what's the discipline that we as an industry are working in here and how might it go way beyond <laughs> the job of making just pretty pictures? Mm. So, I, I, well, so firstly, I think I'll answer the point of, you know, how did territory come to be working in some of those spaces? And I think, and I think some of it is, um, some of it was survival. So, so when we set up was in the other great big uh, recession when you know we had the credit crunch and just after the credit crunch we decided to set up a studio um, so at the time um, other than that being really stupid or not well probably not actually in hindsight but at the time it felt a little bit stupid or a little bit reckless um, we we were we were coming out into into a creative industry we were setting up we were trying to find clients and the thing about finding clients at that time was that they were all playing it safe so they'd have their established above the line agency, they'd have their established visual effects house and digital agency, and they weren't really looking for anyone new, thanks very much. So, you know, first six months, Nick and I, I think, were probably thinking, what the hell have we done? Um, but then we realised that um, there's new projects coming through all the time, new deliveries, new types of work that they don't have um, attached to anyone particular. And it's the weird stuff and the new stuff that we should try and pick up. So, um, so like, like I said, I, I feel like we're a series of specialisms, and I suspect those specialisms came out of that that time when we we needed to be the the people that had enough confidence and and a slight bit of bravery around taking on things that other people weren't, and then adapting our creative teams to make that happen. So we're very, very comfortable in taking on unusual briefs. Um, and that might be taking motion designers and applying them to... Um, so we've, we've Marty's team in San Francisco have just done a, a bionic arm. We've just designed a real-world amputee um, uh, robotic arm to kind of... The, the aesthetics of it, not the engineering. There's far smarter people that kind of came up with the, with the, with the engineering, but we came up with the... the the kind of the, the the exterior design of this mechanical arm for um, for amputees, and that is not. I don't I don't go around pitching that type of work. That is not something you can naturally. That's not something you can naturally find. So we we're very confident, and and we have a process around finding really unusual briefs that probably have real world implications beyond you know sci-fi films and superheroes, and 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 having a, a skill set and a talent pool that is willing to bravely help the client through that. Um, and I think that comes from our time when, when, when we were setting up and, and it is, it's about having, it's about, I think we have a narrative and a process that helps a client understand that actually they're not being that brave. There is pre-existing technologies that maybe haven't been joined up together before. You know, there's, you take something from here, you take something from there and if you can, if you join them together in an unusual 
pairing, suddenly you have something that's never been done before um, and can have real world meaning. And I think, so we, we have some creative structures and some creative narratives that help the clients through that process and help de-risk their decision-making um, along that arc. And so I think thinking about, actually thinking about how you onboard a client, thinking about what are the challenges they're going to through, what are the challenges they're going to go through in pitching you and your ideas to their client, to their boss. And if you can de-risk that whole conversation for them, and if you can give them a narrative and a real structure around it that helps them go from A to B to C to D and, and beyond, then suddenly you can have some really exciting projects that have real-world meaning but are beyond what we currently do now. Um, and that, you know, that, that comes from good storytelling. But that's, but that's and going back to your one of your other questions, you know, kind of, my role is taking design thinking, taking design thinking, taking storytelling and applying it to all the other parts of the business. So how do you apply storytelling to the finance department? How do you take design and apply it to new business wins and, and your client problems that you're trying to solve? And it goes beyond making pretty pictures. We, we are fundamentally as a community, we, we use design to tell stories. You know, we emotionally change somebody's perception. You can take that thinking, you can take that learning and that, that way of doing things and you can apply that across business. You know, there is no reason that you couldn't one day have a, a chief motion officer at um, Intel. There, there is no reason that, that that couldn't happen because there's such a skill there that has relevance at a very high strategic level um, at, at, at big and you know big industrial level whether that interests you or not is a different you know that's a different question but we I, I feel personally as though in the same way that architects can think about a chair a room a building a city um, a, a society you know they do they <laughs> they have some grandiose ambitions to architects as I've learned as I've learned from them I think I think we can as a community have the same I think we can figure out how motion design, motion graphics, the things that we do, visual production, how that has greater meaning um, in organisations and, and to problems. Um, and there's some people, there's some other people that I work with that are kind of at the cutting edge of that and that I'm learning from. Um, and I think that, um, I think there's great opportunity there and especially in moments of change, you know, I think there's, there's, there's great opportunities with that. But I think it was answering your original question, Joel, sorry, I know I'm rambling on now. Um, I think I think it was taking that skill set. It was taking that skill set that I'd learned as a motion designer and applying it to business, um, and just just realizing that there's there's total value in timing and keyframes and composition and narrative and emotion and audio. That all has relevance beyond your quick time render. That that has relevance in a far greater um, far greater capacity. We 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 work with some blue chip clients on um, just workshopping and blue sky thinking where their brand's going to go. We didn't render anything out. We just kind of helped them with that process because that's what our creatives do on a day-to-day -day basis. If you ask them to put their mouse down, that's, that's, that's what they do. That's what they sketch out. That's what they're writing in their notebooks. That's what they're thinking about all the time. They're aware of technology. They're aware of cultural trends. Um, and they're, they're understanding all of those overlaps. 
And we're tied into that. We're all tuned into that in a way that we don't give ourselves credit for. So um, so I think there's just real opportunity there to then take that skill set and that thinking and apply, apply it to digital products, to service design. You know, we're seeing it being applied to um, industrial design now. Um, so there's real breadth there, and it's that variety that I enjoy, so I use that to our advantage. Well, I love that, and I'm glad you rambled on that because there was really something very beautiful and optimistic, uh, honestly, in that that picture that you were painting and what I was hearing it's there's this thing I, I find myself saying from time to time and that is as the creative entrepreneur you have this this really beautiful gift and that is you have the ability or perhaps the power to take your clients to places they did not know they could go and what I heard you saying there is maybe through business and creativity coming together I could, t- I could take that phrase and extrapolate it beyond mere clients and say perhaps with these, these tools, these skills, this belief underlying that we can create the future and so forth, that maybe there's something even bigger. And that is that perhaps our power is that we can help take our communities, <laughs> our societies, uh, certain corners of the world, perhaps the, the planet, to a place that it didn't otherwise know it could go because you can see it, I can see it, and now we have a, a skill and an ability to show people. Yes, I know it, you, you can't see it, but I see it, and it, I know it's risky, but I can take some of the risk out of it because when I pull the pieces together for you, when I connect the dots, you're gonna see, yes, it's there, it's possible. Yeah, we, we have, I think, uh, generally, you know, I'm not just talking about Territory Studio here, I think generally we have a tool set and a capability of allowing, helping people to be brave, you know, helping our clients to be brave and do do new new things. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're always accessing it and doing it as much as, as taking it as far as we could do. Um, and that and it's and it's that space that I'm exploring a lot at the moment, and and um, and seeing seeing a lot of reward in. And at the moment, if you think about the world that we're living in, I think our clients are all being forced to be brave. You know, it's kind of evolve or die really at the moment. And um, we're so well placed to be helping them on that journey. Um, it's such an opportunity. So I don't, you know, I, I, I don't always just think of ourselves as motion graphics anymore. I do think of it in terms of digital and creativity more generally. It goes back to the idea that we originally had for territory, which, you know, was kind of formed around architects and, and maybe the Bauhaus and other ideals like that. You know, it's kind of, um, we've got great creative thinkers, and it doesn't really matter what the final execution is. Um, we'll discover the, what the final execution should be once we've got to the root of the problem, but we can't assume that it will be motion graphics when we get there. Um, and Because I, I think otherwise you end up turning away a lot of really interesting opportunities because you just think, well, this can't be a motion graphics execution, so I'm going to step away from this now. Um, and, I, and I think that's a shame because I think the skill set still applies, the, th- the, the thinking still applies. Um, it's just we're maybe not executing the same thing. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I, I probably sound very optimistic and utopian and we, we still deliver, you know, standard visual effects and motion graphics packages and, and all that stuff and still love it, absolutely love it. If you, you know, if I get a brief tomorrow for some more screen graphics on a sci-fi film, I'll still be jumping with joy. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but but it's about growth, you know, and it, not just financial growth, but personal growth and, and creative growth as well. Um, uh, which I think which I think we we need to we need to really figure figure out and move on all the time. I'm hearing you in a way that, uh, despite the challenges, despite everything that's led up to this moment, that you still have this enthusiasm and general excitement about the future. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I think, um, I think, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Well, I think there's a lot to be excited about for a studio like us. I think there's a lot to be excited about for our industry in general. Um, and I think also, I just like problems to solve, you know, and there's, there's just things to, I wasn't getting bored, you know, don't, don't accuse me of that. I, I, I think it was, it was interesting enough already. Thanks very much. Um, before COVID came out, but, um, it has challenged me in totally different ways. And what I've found, what I've discovered is Territory is a really robust business. You know, we had a really good strategy in place and it's worked. Thank goodness. Um, and and it was nice to discover that. Um, it was reassuring to discover that. And it's given me confidence to do things and to explore things that I wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, and it's definitely, it's introduced me to some people that I wouldn't have worked with before as well. So... I, I feel fortunate in some ways that I've there's it's not a gift, but it's 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 certainly um, opened up some horizons for us. Um, so yeah, I do I do feel optimistic, and um, uh, just a thank you to you, Joel, and and the work that your team's doing. Um, that that community. So bringing other creative entrepreneurs together. I'd always done that for years anyway. I'd bug the hell out of. You know, I never thought of them competitors. I was just like, how are you doing this? How are you figuring that out? You know, always trying to learn from people that are smarter or ahead of me on the on the on the time scale. Um, and it's so much more fun when you've got when you're hearing other people going through the same thing. It's like, oh thank goodness. I'm not I'm not a weird person just trying to figure out what on earth P and L is or, you know, what these numbers mean and, and 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 bemoaning, you know, sales meetings or whatever it is, whatever whatever it is that we're going through at the time. Um but you need that. You need you need that community around you. And you know, it's um we're all just figuring it out together. Um we haven't no no one's got the answers and it's really reassuring to have those to have that support network there to you know because it's it's it can sometimes be lonely in that role it can it can feel isolating and i think you need that you need that emotional support and we're we're lucky that we're a really nice bunch of people um oh absolutely and i appreciate you saying that um uh, it's very kind i i find this is probably your experience that if you walk into a room of of 100 competitors there might be one awkward moment right one challenging conversation but the other 99 are going to encourage you and help you and push you forward and play a part in your story because we're all living out very long lives and careers here and i appreciate your uh, your willingness to be generous and share i mean this conversation we're having right now uh, it's just yet another example of you being a generous soul and, and giving back to the industry Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Utter privilege to be chatting to you on this. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com.
I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends. And it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.